Running a business of one feels, in theory, like it should be fairly simple. So how did things get so complicated? My name is Jenna, and this is Building Balance. You're in the right place if you want to reclaim your time, feel in control of your tasks, and make real progress without overworking. Here on the podcast, I share thoughts and actionable tips on how to be intentionally productive and build more balance between business and life, even if it's just you in your business. So make sure to subscribe if that sounds interesting to you. So if you're like me, you started your business to do the thing that you love doing while having some balance, some freedom, some flexibility in your life. But in reality, maybe it hasn't turned out to be quite so true. Maybe you keep pushing through with tasks late at night instead of winding down for the day at a decent hour. Maybe you're prioritizing business tasks over time with your loved ones or hobbies or even your health. Maybe you can't stop thinking about work even when you're out with friends or when you finally get a quiet moment to yourself, all you can think about is what else you need to do for your business. Maybe you also have days when you just crash in front of Netflix because it just feels like you hit your limit and you need a break before you can do all the things again. Maybe it's starting to affect your health, your sleep, or your mental well-being. That's what my life looked like for a good, I'd say, two to three years. And it didn't feel very good. It didn't feel very balanced as I had hoped it would be. I say two to three years because I'm not 100% able to pinpoint when exactly things started to go wrong. Because it kind of felt like, well, this is just how it's supposed to be for a while if you want to make it. But that while just kept getting longer and longer. I felt like I kept doing all the things and not making fast enough progress, so that must mean that I need to do more. I felt like I was running out of time every day, and there was really no sign of that freedom and flexibility that was supposed to be part of the creative business owner package. So today, I want to talk about how things got so complicated when all we wanted to do was to do the thing that we do best, to do the thing that we enjoy doing for the people who want and need it. I'm actually going to talk about six reasons why this happens. They're not really in any particular order in terms of one thing being more to blame than another, is really more like the combination of all of these that results in things piling up and piling up fast. Reason number one is influences from the outside. When we first start out, we look to others for ideas for how to do this business thing, how to get clients. It's only natural in the beginning when we feel like we aren't sure what to do or we have no idea what we're doing. So it can be really helpful to look at what others are doing and model them a little bit. But as time goes on, we might pick up more and more things into our businesses because there's so much information out there or what we could do or should do. And there's not enough information on how to simplify and be selective of the things that we do. 
we maybe even start to discount the ways that we got our first clients because that wasn't part of an expert-approved five-step strategy that surely we got to get our clients in some more legit way for it to count, for us to actually get enough clients. Reason number two is that our brains are psychologically, biologically, and culturally wired to do more when we try to solve a problem or we try to make something work. So Lady Klotz has made extensive research into how we tend to add when we'd be better off subtracting. One of the funnest examples that he shares is an experiment he ran with Legos. So in the experiment, people, adults, were presented with these wonky Lego structures and were asked to level them out by using as few Lego pieces as possible. So as an example, there might be a structure with four legs where one leg was longer than the other three. People would add pieces to the three shorter legs instead of just taking a piece away from the one long leg. In these Lego experiments, people would still choose to add on more and more pieces, even when the choice would have been between removing one piece or adding nine pieces. It wasn't until when the experiment leaders would tell the subjects that you can also remove pieces that some people were able to realize that, hey, taking pieces away is a better solution than adding pieces. It's going to be quicker and I'm using less pieces. So that's great. But something super interesting happened. Once the person got a new Lego structure to solve, they forgot. They forgot that they could take pieces away unless they were reminded of it again. And beyond these Lego experiments, Klotz has found this tendency to add instead of subtract happens across so many areas of our lives, basically all areas of our lives, including how we do more things when we naturally get better results by focusing on less things. If you're curious about his research, his book Subtract is just full of all of these examples where humans would be better off with less, not just on a personal level, but on a societal and global level too. Actually, I'm also going to drop a link in the show notes of this episode to the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast and to the episode where Lady Klotz was a guest talking about it, because Chances are that if you're listening to this podcast, you in general like listening to podcasts. So maybe you'd like to listen to that versus get the book. But anyway, I'm going to put the information on both of them in the show notes. So doing more is just how we're wired. And that brings us to point number three, pressure and urgency amplify this behavior. So trying all the things in a stressful situation was a helpful reaction, a helpful behavior for us a long time ago when we just needed to solve in the moment problems like being chased by a bear. But in this modern world, it is a problem because we're never out of potential things that feel stressful and there's an abundance of things that we could pour our time and energy into to try to solve those stressful things. One very obvious source of stress and pressure 
is if you need to make an income to survive in this world, right? But this stress or sense of urgency and pressure can come from other sources too. So even if you're maybe financially okay, there might be other reasons for that stress or these things may be layered on top of the stress you have about money. It could originate from not having lived up to your own expectations of yourself when maybe your business isn't at the level of success that you had imagined yet. Pressure can also come from your family or loved ones. For example, maybe a partner doesn't like that you're spending so much of your time on the business and would prefer that you do more things together. So that can cause the sense of pressure to make it work. Or maybe a parent or a sibling doesn't really get what you're doing. So you're wanting to make money as soon as possible to prove that you're actually doing something valuable with your time. And then there's, of course, also just pressure from the outside world in general. The culture we're surrounded by glorifies being busy and being productive, or at least looking busy and productive. Plus, there are way too many people advocating for hustle out in the business world and way too few talking about what's actually sustainable for us as human beings. So the more stressed and pressure we feel around business, the more we spin our wheels and hustle. Or we can get to a stressed out enough point that we avoid work altogether until we have so much stuff piled up that we can't ignore it anymore. And then we're kind of just running on fumes as we're working through them. Speaking of having too much stuff piled up, reason number four is that we don't let go of activities, offers, or systems that don't work well for us. Because of this brain wiring we talked about earlier, we have that tendency to pile on more and more, and we don't take time to evaluate what's actually working for us. We're not letting go of these things that we've picked up along the way that aren't serving us. And the more we have tactics and offers and systems and moving parts in our businesses, the more stuff there is that could be the bottleneck, things that are holding us back, things that are draining our time and energy when they don't need to be there at all. I think that one of the reasons why we don't let go of let go of these things is that we assume that whatever results we're getting right now are the result of doing all the things we do. So we worry that if we let some of this stuff go, if we reduce some of these things, we would also reduce our income. But statistically, it is very likely that most of the things that we're doing aren't that impactful. According to the Pareto Principle, or the 80-20 rule as it's also called, we're creating roughly 80% of our results through just 20% of our tasks. So this means that there are opportunities for cuts and improvements inside that 80% that isn't that impactful. That's what I did in my photography business. I found tasks that I just realized weren't really contributing to my results. They weren't bringing me family sessions, bookings. So I stopped doing them or hugely reduced them depending on the task. 
and then focused more on the tasks that actually did make a difference. For example, it made no sense for me to post on Instagram every day because the followers I was getting over there were pretty much like 95% were just other photographers who just followed me to see my stuff and out of curiosity, not so that they would book me. In several years of business, I've gotten maybe two clients through Instagram. And and so I'm talking um, photography bookings. So instead of trying to post daily for that business, I would sit down, I'd write and schedule out one to two Instagram posts per week for three months at a time. And then I basically never logged into that account so that I wouldn't get sucked into it during those three months. I'd only go in and maybe respond to some comments, but that was pretty much it. That way, if someone checked out my Instagram, if they had found me some other way, they'd still see that I'm actively working, but I didn't have to spend more than a couple of hours every three months or so creating those posts. Reason number five for how we pile on so much and how our businesses get so complicated is that we don't simplify and streamline the things that do work for us. So when we get used to doing things a certain way, it feels like it's just going to be the fastest way to do it instead of making time to streamline it. For sure, it can take some time and some effort up front to automate something or to tweak something to make something more streamlined. But if it then saves us minutes or even hours every time it needs to be done, I think it's a thousand, 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 thousand percent. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore, but it's worth it. I'm doing a chunk of free calls right now for this coaching business where I'm helping business owners with their time management questions, which I'm just doing so that I get to know the people I want to help better. So a few days ago, I had a call with a business owner who's doing really well in terms of attracting clients. She's actually feeling overwhelmed that at any given time, she'd have her call schedule fully booked for two to three months ahead. Um, She described that she spends so, so much time in her email with all of these inquiries that she's getting. Every time she gets an inquiry, the person does get an automated email saying that she'll get back to them within 72 hours. And then she personally copy pastes and sends off an email with the information on how they can book her. So I asked her if there's a reason why this information isn't on her website so that she could, you know, cut away all of that email. And she shared that she doesn't want the information to be accessible directly on her website because she's had some problems in the past with other business owners who have copied her exact offers. What she does is pretty unique. So we, of course, don't want that. So we talked about some other ways that she could eliminate some of those emails. So one idea that she came up with was that she could have that information already on her website, but on a private page. And then her automated email could simply include a link to that page. This would already drastically minimize the time that she spends on replying to all of these inquiries. And it also takes away that emotional labor of having to constantly keep in mind that she has to check her emails to respond to tons of inquiries, when not all of them end up booking with her. 
Reason number six why solo businesses get so complicated is that we discount the things that feel easy and fun to do, even if they work for us and our business. So if you've been brought up in an environment or in a culture where the message is that only hard work pays off, that only hard work is worth something, or that you're only worth something if you work hard, it's then really hard to trust that a business that feels simple and easy is going to bring you results. It's incredibly hard. And well, I think many of us grew up in a culture like that. And then if that message is amplified at home, it gets ingrained pretty dang deep. And on top of that, most business experts out there are shouting the need to hustle from the rooftop. So that doesn't help. For example, last year, I had a coaching call with a solo business owner who was getting her clients through networking and referrals. But taking out a coffee, just meeting people, didn't feel like a legit enough way to grow her business because it was easy and fun for her. So she was making less time for that and instead spent her time on some other tasks that just weren't that impactful. So after our call, she was feeling really inspired to again make more time for the thing that feels good and natural to her that she's really good at and not have to worry about all these other strategies that others are doing to attract clients. So those were the six common reasons why I believe business gets complicated. And I know it's frustrating when you're really good at what you do, when you know that you can help people, when you're freaking smart, but you can't seem to figure out how to run your business in a way that you can keep up with long term. But I hope that this episode gave you insight into why it's not on you. When you start and run a business, you're going against some really strong wiring. It feels hard. It feels hard to trust that you could do less, that you could simplify. And really the easiest way that you can show yourself it's possible is to do it, is to simplify in small ways and then celebrate those wins when you realize that the ceiling didn't come crashing down, your business is still standing, but you have a bit more time that you've reclaimed for something else. And of course, it can help to get an outsider's perspective on your business because you're so deep in it that it can be hard to look at it objectively sometimes. So talk with a business friend, with a trusted mentor, maybe a coach, get that perspective from somewhere. If you'd like to get my perspective, just reach out to me on Instagram at the Jenna Helberg or through email and we can see if we'd be a good fit to work together. I would love to help you simplify your business so that it wouldn't feel so complicated anymore and so that you could pour your time and energy into the things that you want to pour them into. Thank you so much for spending your valuable time with me. I hope that you have another beautiful week. Bye. Hey, if this episode resonated with you and you'd like to support my podcast, the best way you can do that is to write a review for the podcast or share it with your business owner friends. It would help my tiny little podcast reach more cool people like you. Please feel free to reach out to me with any questions or comments. 
And if you're sharing about the podcast on Instagram, tag me at the Jenna Helberg so that I can thank you. <laughs>